and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry, and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. You have to be focused in business. You can't just write something that's a big tome that's very technical. There has to be a story, there has to be a purpose, there has to be success criteria, and it needs to make sense. Today, I'm talking to Mark Edmiston, Head of Independent Assurance. Mark is based between our Workington and Central Laboratories and is married to Lindsay Edmiston. They live in Whitehaven with their two children, Lauren and Robert. Mark, you're very welcome. It's great to be here. So um, I was really interested to see that you'd studied chemistry, uh, not just at undergraduate level, but to postgraduate PhD level at the University of Glasgow. Tell me, why did you go to do chemistry at university there? It was mainly because I had such a huge interest in history that I decided to do chemistry. It's actually true that I, I did want to do um, if I, I think if I'd had complete free choice, I would have done history. Um, but I do remember um, my mum and dad coming back from a parents' evening at school and um, saying that they'd had a discussion with the headmaster and that uh, this was in the days when kids didn't get to go to, to, uh, to parents' evenings. Um, he said, no, he really shouldn't do history, he should do chemistry. And being young and impressionable, I said, um, "Okay, then, if the uh, if that's what the headmaster says, then that's that's the right thing to do." I was interested in chemistry, don't get me wrong, but but it was second fiddle to to history. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah, the the, the choice of uh, of Glasgow was a a reasonably easy one, and and you know my my love of Glasgow University has uh, has continued over the years. It's uh, I always feel a bit of a thrill of excitement when I when I. Uh, go on to cam- campus. Haven't been there for a while, for a few months, but um, it's a really nice environment in the west end of Glasgow, really cosmopolitan. And um, I think the whole environment, as well as the chemistry department, really attracted me. And uh, it was an interesting t- topic to do. I, I enjoyed my time there. I, I just enjoyed the environment. I enjoyed the, the learning. There were a lot of good, uh, a lot of good lecturers and, uh, and, and professors there. Um, I wanted to do a PhD. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the whole the whole uh, concept of research and 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 getting into new areas and 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 doing new things um, really interested me. And um, my my supervisor just kindled an interest in uh, in it was surface and Raman spectroscopy was my my uh, uh, my my subject uh, of of my thesis. Um, it was um, it was it was really pretty interesting. That transition between undergraduate and postgraduate is a big jump from being taught out of a book to having to push the boundary of knowledge, often with very little guidance. So, how did you find that transition yourself? I think the honest answer is I I didn't really find much of a transition. I think you I, I was you were eased into it. Um, that certainly in the final year, a lot of the time was was spent on the final year project which um you know was quite a big chunk um of that year um and 
I think there's quite a natural transition from that into the the PhD. Um, certainly, the, the, I had the same supervisor in my final year project as I as I did in my my PhD. So that the the style of of supervision was the same. Um, I think I was, uh, you know, I was quite comfortable with um, going off and finding finding things out myself, um, and and you know being quite explorative in in the lab. And in terms of the background, um, you know, literature searches, etc., that came quite naturally to me, and I quite enjoyed, um, you know, I guess joining the dots um, myself. I guess there's a bit of a parallel with what I'm doing today. Um, so it it was probably less of a transition um, than you might think. Um, I, I I guess there's two there's two schools, isn't there? That that you know. I'd, I certainly was aware of, of uh, colleagues at the time where the supervisors were quite hands-on. My supervisor was quite hands-off. I think that suited me fine, and, and uh, but, but I guess it wouldn't be for everyone. Others would probably need more guidance. So it was a very natural sort of next step for you to move to BNFL to work in research and technology at Sellafield. So tell me about your sort of first day on the job. What were your impressions and, and how did you feel? My overriding... Uh, memory is darkness and I, and I say that because because I started in uh, darkest November um, and obviously the, the only light was was during um, work, working hours and but working hours were in um, B229 on Sellfield site which uh, for people who are aware of, aware of that uh, that building um, there are not a lot of windows. It is a pretty dark uh, building, so so the labs had no windows. A lot of the meeting rooms and and offices actually had no windows either. I was actually quite lucky in that my my uh, my office that I shared was was it was in a corridor of what we call the transverse corridor. But um, the only light that I saw those first few weeks and certainly the first day was uh, the the. Um, the visit to the canteen on site. Um, so I have, I have memories of, of standing in the rain waiting for a bus to go to Sellafield in the dark and standing in the rain waiting for a bus to go back to Summergrove, uh, which is where I was staying at the time. <laughs> so it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a drab start to my career at the NFL, I think it's fair to say. And what about the work itself? Did, you, did that interest you, excite you? Did it how did you find that after being, you know, directing your your own research to having to do work, you know, that was more directed, I guess? Well, it, it's interesting. It wasn't. It, it, the, the work was advanced reprocessing. And it, in fact, the, the, the novel separations part of advanced reprocessing, that had all come out of, a, a you know, it was essentially trying to, I guess, um, design the next, the next evolutionary step in reprocessing, the new Thorpe, as it were. And that had all come out of a of a big, effectively a big brainstorming session that had that, that had been held a couple of years previously, and and a, and a new research program had had been born out of that. I was looking at carbonates, aqueous carbonates, as a means of um, dissolving fuel. It, it was always onto a bit of a, a loser, to be perfectly honest. But it felt new. It felt different. My line manager, who was uh, Andrew Jeeps, who's um, it'll be well known to many people. Um, Andrew was quite hands off, but 
it was the right sort of level of um, of supervision. There was there was direction, but it or it didn't feel massively different from my experience during my PhD. So so it, it kind of eased me into into the world of work. Um, although obviously there, there was a, there was a greater degree of regimentation, understandably, and you know focus on you know quality and that that was pretty much unknown in, in university at, at the time. So after six years you started exploring a number of other roles within the NFL, um, safety coordinator, implementation manager, and, and other things. So um, why did you sort of move on to look at, at, at some of those different, different roles? What was the motivation to do that? And what, what did you learn about yourself that moved you out of the research environment or the hands-on research environment into exploring those things? I think I, I came to the conclusion that I, I wasn't, I don't think it was really for me for the long term, sort of doing the research. I think I'd, I'd discovered that I had other skills. I had broader skills in terms of general management, people management, enabling things to happen um, to a degree, you know, at a, at a low level project management. Um, uh, quality and safety really started to interest me. Um, you know, how they can be, you know, how they can actually be enablers to, to, to get a really good outcome. Um, so some of the broader general management stuff, um, I think, interested interested me more, and, and I felt that I had skills that were more tuned into into those areas rather than purely doing the research. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because often people have this sort of they reach almost like a crossroads in their career, which is. And I remember it myself being asked, "Are you going to have a career in management, or, or do you want to stay technical?" And that decision, and I ended up wanting to stay technical for myself uh, because that's what I really, really did enjoy. But you then went into this sort of management, making it happen, the quality, and so on. Well, I think it was. I think at the time as well, I, often it would be it would be seen as quite a you know a kind of a black and white thing. You know, you're either management or you're or you're technical. And and I guess I've always had a bit of a belief that it it doesn't really need to be that black and white. I also remember at the time a lot of people would say, "Well, if you want to get on, you, you need to get into management." And but I didn't really see it like that. I saw it more as I've kind of got this skill. I've got more broader management skills. That's what I want to explore. Yes, that's 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 really interesting. So when you look back on on that time, is there one event which had a particularly significant impact? Do you think that that was a bit of a, a turning point or or something that took you in a particular direction that you can point to? I think it was. Um, we had a at one point we uh, we started to implement um, people management in um, what was R and T then research and technology, and it was um, it was a bit of an experiment actually. It was it was establishing large groups of resources, um, kind of underneath or on top of the existing line management structure and these roles were all um, all about um, enabling personal development plans for people and this really um, interested me it was it was it was a, a very different way of of, of, of managing people um, there was a lot of opposition to it um, at the time why was that? Because it was a change, or it, it was it was a change. It was different. It was it was a matrix structure. You know, it was it was the first example of a, in a really clear sort of matrix structure, um, and it definitely wasn't universally 
accepted amongst the, the sort of senior people within R&D then, R&T, R&D. Um, and there was a deliberate move to try and get more or, or less experienced people involved in um, staffing up those roles as people managers, people, I guess, with, with actually with less, ex, less experience, um, but perhaps, you know, the broader skills and, and um, the wish to do the role and to do it well. Um, so it was kind of opened up to some of us less experienced folk. Um, I went for it and um, I got offered one of the roles and it, it was quite a turning point for me. I think it, it you know, underlined uh, the direction that I'd kind of chosen, which was away from technical. Um, and I think it, it showed me that I did have uh, broader skills. And, and, I th- and I think what it also did, it really challenged me. Um, there was a lot of really, really difficult conversations with people, um, which I, I guess I approached with a little bit of trepidation, but also excitement as well, because I felt as though I guess I was enabling different things to happen. And, and um, I guess move in my own small way kind of move the organization into a kind of a more mature place yes yes it's one of those things where i mean there's a book called feel the fear and do it anyway yes that's right yeah yeah <laughs> well it's not easy is it i mean it's I not easy. I, nobody likes it that that you know nobody likes fear and, and, and the unknown but um it's only really by doing that that you that you break that you you break into new insights and, and new approaches i think and in terms of people, um, because, you know, that was an example of a new initiative that came in and, it, and it, the timing was great and the direction you wanted to go in. But also individual people can have an impact on, on you know, your journey. Were there any particular people? You've mentioned Andrew Jeeps. Um, any others? Or Well, I think, I mean, I would, I would definitely highlight Andrew. I, I think, uh, I, I guess I'm winding the clock back a little, a little bit, but certainly... Um, Although that in the the initial few months in R and D, um, I guess I was eased into it because it was quite similar to um, my experience in my, my PhD. In some ways, um, I, I do remember and Andrew's influence was, you know, was subtle, but it was quite profound. Really, um, I always remember um, my first report, the first report that I, I gave to Andrew for him to go through. And, and you know what? I thought that was, that report was fantastic. It was really detailed. It was really technical and it was an excellent piece of work. And you won't have seen what, what, what came back from Andrew, the amount of red on it. And I, I was so crestfallen. <laughs> I was so crestfallen. But the thing was, what, what, it, what it taught me was that you have to be focused in business you can't just write something that's a big tome that's very technical. There has to be a story. There has to be a purpose. There has to be success criteria, and it needs to make sense. And, and that was a big lesson. So, so looking at your career, are there any points where you, you made a decision to, um, to do something, to go for a, a role or finish another role or whatever, that you'd do differently at all? I'm not, I'm not sure I would do anything differently the thing that does come to mind which was it was around about 2003 I think it was that um, I had the opportunity to 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 join the BNFL corporate center in a you know a a corporate role on on safety and what it meant was leaving R&T as was 
and that was quite a wrench really it was a bit it was it was really was a a risk i mean i was taking a risk because at that point the bnfl corporate center looked as though it was it was going to be wound up and in fact it, it it did it was wound up about a year later but i decided to take the role anyway because of the opportunities that it gave me and i i did develop many skills i think during a short period of time and very, actually very quickly came back to take a, a role in, in helping shape us up for um, becoming a separate company. And I, I honestly think it was probably due to the fact that I had taken that role in the corporate centre and had developed some, a number of skills um, over, over, a, over a wider canvas that uh, was one of the reasons why I was asked to come back. <laughs> Ironically, I left in order to come back to, I guess, a more senior and more influential role within what became Nexus Solutions. And- Having journeyed, you know, as, as you have done to your position now and thinking back to, you know, that young school leaver that turned up at uh, the University of Glasgow to do chemistry, thinking about history in the back of his head, what advice would you give him? I think bringing people along with you is one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned. I I'm quite a consensual person, you know. I like I like to I like to people to be on board with stuff. Um, I think sometimes I can be probably a bit over enthusiastic uh, in terms of what I what I think need, needs to happen. Um, but I think I've learned that you 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 can only achieve things if people are are, are coming with you. I mean, it's, it's stating the obvious, I know, but um, you you just achieve nothing if if you don't if you don't sell things properly. Um, I think the other the other big lesson is to have confidence. Um, I, I think everyone, to a degree, lacks confidence at some point. But to have a bit more confidence in your own abilities, um, and to just you know stick with it, go go for it. Um, I think the times when I've I've taken a bit of a a personal risk, it it's more often than not it pays off. Um, so just to have a bit more confidence and to, to go for it and, you know, let's feel the fear and do it anyway, probably. It is. I remember giving a talk a little bit about that once. I think I called it, you're better than you think you are, because I think you're absolutely right. People often underestimate their own abilities. It's a natural tendency, isn't it? It's, it's a really, really powerful phrase that actually you're absolutely right. And it's ironic this field of fear and do it anyway, given the role that I'm in as an internal regulator, because obviously, you know, a conservative decision, decision making approach is, is what, is what we do in this industry as we rightly should do. Um, but in terms of, uh, but sometimes you actually have to take a risk personally to, to make sure that the right thing happens. To make I sure think that we do I the right thing. I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think this whole question of, you know, innovation, doing things differently, doing things better, simplifying how we do things, improving safety, you know, simplified to improve is a phrase I'm using a lot, is a bit, you know, it's hard because when we've done things a certain way for a long time, we've incrementally changed, you know, and added checks and things. It's, um, it's hard to take things away, but um, sometimes it's the right thing to do. And that's where your role is, is actually so important because you give us a fresh pair of eyes on some of those decisions. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Anyway, stuff. yeah, that's been great. Look, Mark, thanks very much for your time no and chatting to us and being so open and, and honest about your life so far. 
and wish you uh, all the best in future career of course thank you very much indeed thanks thanks andrew thanks very much if you've enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you